0: Peter the boss is Captain Bernard, my partner is Frank Smith
1: yeah. My
0: name is Friday
1: Now let's get started Friday night Friday night Y'all ready for this? I on my mind Thank God it's Friday It's Friday, I'm in love Thank God it's Friday Now, from the palatial Bob and Sherry Studios on this Friday, it's Bob and Sherry
2: Welcome to Friday, everybody. We've got a big show for you. We've got morons in the news coming up. We have a really funny comic named Shang Wang. The People's Movie Critic is reviewing Ticket to Paradise, which is the George Clooney and Julia Roberts movie. And can, can I I've, just
3: jump in here and make a prediction? Yeah. I predict that our comedian today, Shang Wang, is going to comment about his name and what it was like to have the name Shang Wang as he goes through uh, school.
2: And it couldn't have been easy
3: because <laughs> we've okay. so we all been in middle school. He's very funny. Know. A little later. Um,
2: I learned something that I can't stop thinking about. So cool. So the other night I was watching Expedition Unknown with Josh Gates on the Discovery Channel. Mm-hmm. I only started watching Expedition Unknown after my mom told me that she had a thing for Josh Gates. And I was like, who could compete with Pitbull? The other person that my mom has a thing for. Josh Gates is the is as different from Pitbull as you can be. So every time we watch Expedition Unknown, Kevin will say to me something along the lines of, if your mom had to pick and she could only have one, who do you think she would take? Josh Gates or Pitbull? And I always respond with, I'd like a lobotomy now so I don't have to imagine either one, <laughs> one of those scenarios if that's okay with you.
3: Right? Kevin, so- Kevin needs to get another hobby <laughs> outside of woodworking. I'm telling he, he- you.
2: That boy needs to get out of the house. So here's what we're watching. Now, the good thing about Expedition Unknown is, unlike ghost hunters, where they never find a ghost, or the mystery of Oak Island, which is, how is this on for 15 seasons? Every once in a while, Josh Gates and Expedition Unknown, they actually find something, like they'll find Mm -hmm. a shipwreck, or they'll find some hidden artifact that's treasure or whatever. So the other Mm -hmm. night... Um, he's in Scotland or something, or maybe it's Iceland. I don't know. I'll be honest with you. I was drinking a glass of wine and playing a game on my phone and half paying attention when suddenly they started talking about Bluetooth and the technology, right? That we all depend on. Like your whole life now is like Bluetooth, Bluetooth, Bluetooth. Did Mm -hmm. you know where it got its name? This is the thing that's going to blow your mind because it's kind of a funny name for it. Isn't it really? It is. Yeah. Why is it called Bluetooth? Here's why it's called Bluetooth. It's named after a Viking king, King Harold Gormson, whose nickname was Bluetooth. Here's what he's famous for. King Harold united Denmark and Norway in the year 958. But they had very crap dental care back then. And poor King Harold had a dead tooth in his mouth. Mm
4: -hmm. And it was
2: sort of a dark blue gray color. Ooh. And that's how he got the nickname Bluetooth. So Hi. back in 1996, the heads of Intel, Ericsson, and Nokia met to figure out how to standardize short-range radio technology that would allow our devices to connect to each other. Right. And mm-hmm. while they were there, one of the guys from Intel said, let's call it Codename Bluetooth after King Harold because King Harold, a.k.a. Bluetooth, united scandinavia and we intend to unite the pc and cellular industries computers and phones with this connective technology so the project was codenamed bluetooth and that was never supposed to be its real name right so they developed the technology and it really works and it's great and now it's time to take it to market and they need to give it a name because they're like we can't we can't name it bluetooth after this viking king so they came up with Radio Wire, which didn't work out because there were lots and lots and lots of things named Radio Wire already on the internet. And then they came up with PAN, which stood for Personal Area Networking. But everyone agreed that that was boring AF. And by well, this point, all air, of the engineers- Arian,
3: Arian's a little dicey to begin with.
2: PAN, Personal Area Networking?
3: Did you say area or Aryan? Area,
2: Arian. area, oh, Okay. Personal oh yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And by by this point, all of the engineers and coders and everyone that had been working on this secret project had been mm-hmm. calling it Bluetooth. So they were like, "What the heck? We're just going to call it Bluetooth." And that logo, the Bluetooth symbol, the little blue circle with the white figure inside, mm-hmm. you guys, those are Viking runes.
5: Whoa!
3: You're kidding.
2: I am well, not that's kidding. that's very interesting. Um, the one rune uh, merges, the, there are two runes. One of them stands for, um, I can't even pronounce it. It's King Harold's initials, nicknamed Bluetooth, because he had a Bluetooth in his mouth. So basically, every single day in our year 2022 technology-driven existence, yeah, we pay tribute to a dead Viking king. How I think it's amazing. Fantastic. Is that? Yeah. Isn't that hey, good? Hey,
3: better, better Bluetooth than loose tooth.
2: Exactly. So I want to thank yeah. Josh Gates um, for teaching me that. That was really great. And I want to punish my husband for asking me if I thought my mom would rather have a one night with Josh Gates or with Pitbull. Because that's no a horrifying that. mental picture. We got yeah. morons in the news and the people's movie credit coming
6: up. It's Bob and Sherry. Leave us a talk back. Talk back with the free Bob and Sherry app.
2: Can we talk for a minute about Christina Applegate? Um, I'm such a fan. I don't know who else is watching dead to me it went on a little bit of a hiatus and nobody really knew why until Christina Applegate came out and said that she'd been diagnosed with MS um, back in August. She made this announcement in August of last summer, last year. And the, you know, the show went on hiatus while she began treatment. And it's back now. It's the final season. It's on Netflix, by the way, if you want to watch it. And it's about these Christina Applegate plays a woman who's lost her husband and she goes to a grief support group and she makes friends with another woman and played by Linda Cardellini who is amazing. Their chemistry together and a whole bunch of stuff happens and I don't want to give anything away in this last season because it's going to be pretty wild. But she, now that the show is back out, she's doing the round of press promoting the last season of dead to me. And she gave an interview to the New York times it just broke my heart. And she said, um, this this is her exact words, quote, this is the first time anyone's going to see me the way I am. I put on 40 pounds. I can't walk without a cane. I want people to know that I am very aware of all of that. And in case you're huh. wondering, like, wow, that's an interesting way to phrase it. Why? Because, like, as every um, celebrity, as every famous woman deals with, She knows she's going to get trolled for everything from her weight to the cane. And she's so, she's so not at peace with this diagnosis. Like she said, there's no getting over it. I need it to process the loss of my life. Um, And I didn't come out on the other side. Woohoo! I'm totally fine. There's no better. I'm never getting better. I'm never going to accept this. And I'm pissed. And that's
3: what she told the New York times. That's a tough place to be, to, to say that I don't think I'm ever going to get better, and, but I am still not going to accept this. I don't know what you do about that. I, I'm, I'm reading that she has uh, impaired mobility. Uh, she obviously is still struggling with the weight gain. But Max and I, just before we keyed mics, we were, we were saying, I think we both saw the same picture of Christina, and she looks beautiful. Uh, well, weight gain gorgeous. or not she she is still a absolutely beautiful woman but you know in her position having been Kelly on Married with Children who is the vapid but beautiful blonde and then Bombshell. she was in the uh she was in the uh, she was in the Ron Burgundy movie anchor yeah,
5: yeah.
3: anchor right and she was gorgeous she is gorgeous she's also a very good actress and uh, i'm going to watch this just to uh to say that I'm uh, I'm behind her. It, uh, did you say that people are trolling her because of uh, these issues that she's having?
2: Because there have been paparazzi, papar- paparazzi shots, and people have been like, "Oh, step away from the buffet," because people are horrible. Oh, and my keyboard God. warriors, keyboard warriors, think it's a sport and a game to troll people. Um, she said that she is not sure whether or not she can watch the last season of Dead to Me because it's so painful, but she needed to finish shooting it for her co-stars and all the people that work on it. Um, she said that like there were points where in order to get certain shots, like crew members would have to pick her up and hold her because she couldn't stand. Oh, MS is Lord. a terrible disease. She has really suffered. And she, here's what she said also in the New York times about the last season. She said, quote, if people hate it, if people love it, if all they can concentrate on is, ooh, look at that cripple. That's not up to me. I'm sure people are going to be like, I can't get past it. Fine, don't get past it. But hopefully some people will get past it and just enjoy the ride and say goodbye to these two girls, these characters. It's got to be... I mean, it's... I can't imagine getting a diagnosis like that that is a forever, no cure, not going to get better diagnosis and then have to deal with people in the public just trashing you who don't understand that she's going through this, this illness, just trashing her, trashing the way she looks, the way she walks. God, why are we so awful? Why are people It so is terrible? a really
3: difficult business to be in. If you are a woman in the best of circumstances. And I'm looking at when you said you wanted to talk about Christina, I said, well, let me pull something up. And, you know, I just Googled her name and up comes TMZ. Now, how is TMZ handling this online? It's uh, Here's the headline. Christina Applegate, I gained 40 pounds and walk with a cane as a result of MS. And the first thing that they show you is side-by-side pictures of Christina in uh, 2015 and Christina today. And, you know, we all we See all change doing? over the years. We all change over the years. They didn't need to do that. That's one of those things that they said, you know, people are going to want to look at this and say, oh, I remember her when she looked like that. Ooh, look at her now. She looks, you know, she doesn't look like she used to look. Screw you. Those people in TMZ. I mean, it's just so tasteless.
2: See what I mean? That is that's they're just coming for her. And yeah, I, th- well, I think she still looks it took, wonderful. I think it took a lot of guts for her to get back out there as sick as she was and finish that season for yeah. everybody yeah. that works on the show because she understood that that's how those people make a living and how they pay their bills be nice my god yeah. you just don't know what people are going through you you think oh that beautiful blonde star has it all maybe not Let's make an effort to be a little more decent and kind. Well, it we also it also
3: comes it comes down to this. Also, she was not just a really pretty girl; she was an actress, and what she's doing is staying true to her profession. And good for her.
2: It's just, man, mm, y'all, let's be better got morons in the news next we have the comedian Sheng wang we have the people's movie critic reviewing ticket to paradise it's bob and sherry ladies and
6: gentlemen here we go it's bob and sherry don't be a moron with morons in the news
3: orange county florida a miami man was arrested early this week after ramming his vehicle into a house endangering the seven people inside according to police deputies say they arrived at a home after receiving reports about a burglary happening there. Upon arrival, they found the front entrance had been severely damaged and a black 2013 Ford Explorer with damage to its front end was parked in the yard. According to deputies, 46-year-old Nissan Ortega, who was drunk and rolling around on the floor inside the home, was arrested and then sent to the hospital's. Uh, They said they spoke with uh, Ingrid, uh, his ex-wife, who told them Ortega had shown up about two o'clock in the morning demanding to be let inside. But she said, no, it is over between you and me. No. Detectives believe Mr. Ortega then became upset and backed up his car, an SUV, about 97 feet across the street. And they knew that because they saw the skid marks. He floored it and accelerated right into the home, which could have killed as many as seven people in the house at that time. Thank God they were not killed. I was scared, the wife said. Me too, said the sister and a niece. Uh, We ran away. When we heard the car coming, we ran away. Good for them. I can't believe everybody was up. It was like on Monday. They were up at 2.30 in the morning. Well, I guess Ortega, you know, banging on the door and all of that. He's now in jail and uh, his ex-wife says she's fearful he could do it again. Wow. I got to tell you, wow. if a woman says, if a woman says, I don't want you anymore and you ain't coming in my house, please try to take that to heart. You're driving your vehicle through the front of her house is not going to make her love you again. It just does not work that way.
2: Yeah, it's just not going to work. That is bad flirting.
3: It is very bad <laughs> flirting. That is bad very flirting.
2: Very bad. Mm-hmm. Today's uh, today's moron of the day. Man, I feel this one all the way to my soul. Because, you know, it's wrong. It's illegal. But when I tell you the story, you're going to understand how it happened. It went mm-hmm. down at a Waffle House, which is a little 24-hour breakfast restaurant. For those of you who are not lucky enough to eat there. This was at a Waffle House in Florida. A customer got up, paid their tab, and left their wallet on the counter by mistake. And inside the wallet were credit cards and over $2,000 in cash. I'm always in awe of people that are walking around with more than $2,000 in cash.
1: I know.
5: I'm if always I wondering 20, what you're up to. Uh-huh.
2: If I have a $20 bill, I feel like a pimp. I'm like, mama has got yeah. cash. Who wants to go yeah, to Starbucks? Exactly. Anywho. Um, another customer, Kenita Morton, who works at a nursing home, saw the wallet and put her hat on top of it and then very casually and covertly slid the hat and wallet into her hands. Now, we know that because they have security video at Waffle House. Of course. She then left the establishment with her husband and child and um, after the police, you know, the customer came back. My, I left my wallet. There's no wallet. Waffle House looks at security video. They see this woman casually scooping the wallet off the counter. Police look at it. They're able to identify the suspect. They go to the nursing home to chat with her. And she said, I did it. I, I'm so sorry. But that money was calling my name. That money was calling to me. <laughs> yeah, right. And this is the part where I just understand, you know? Like,
3: yeah, yeah. Don't we all just
2: understand? And they booked her on felony grand theft. Yikes. Folks, when that money is calling to you, you got to plug your ears. Because you're not going to get away with it. There are cameras everywhere. Everywhere. That's right. So I feel feel bad because the money talks to us. But she is our moron of the day. Coming up, we have comedian Sheng Wang. We have the People's Movie Critic reviewing George Clooney and Julia Roberts in Ticket to Paradise. And today's the day that the Weird Al movie drops on streaming. Got some fun stuff about that for you, too. It's all coming up for your Friday. It's Bob and Sherry.
1: The Bob and Sherry Store is restocked with the book Cooking with Cats. Sherry Lynch's cookbook with great recipes and pictures, of course, of lots of cats. He's a man's man. And now available, The Book of Bob. That makes me so happy. Sherry has written down Bob's proclamations and witticisms over the years. Really?
5: <laughs>
1: and now in book form. I'm fabulous. But it's not available any place but at the Bob and Sherry Store. I am sorry for living. At Bob and bobandsherry.com.
6: Sign up for our newsletter. We never spam you. Never did. Get Bob and Sherry exclusives. Just go to BobandSherry.com.
3: Kernels of Truth, Professional Cornhole is rocked by Baggate. All right, this story has just recently broken. It took place in Rock Hill, South Carolina, where the world of professional cornhole holds their national championship every year. It happened in August. And during the event, as I said, held in Rock Hill, South Carolina, the number one ranked cornhole team, Mark Richards and Philip Lopez, were accused by a competitor of using bags that were not up to code, which means it has been exposed, the dirty underbelly of cornhole. That is right. David Harbaugh, the rival who filed the complaint, said he believed at the time the team he was competing against used lighter weight bags against regulation. While the situation may seem cavalier, the incident is no laughing matter, according to those in the cornhole community. The prize at stake, $15,000. During the game, officials were called in to inspect the bags and did in fact discern that the bags made of resin and fabric were not up to code. The state of the bags were so evident that Mark Pryor, a commentator for the game, the man is making a living as a commentator <laughs> for, for Cornhole. As a matter of fact, um, Doc found, and Max is going to play, what that sounds like to be a commentator for Cornhole.
1: On the way in, the dream season for Mark Richards continues here in Hill, South Carolina your acl singles world champion what a performance what a season what a player
3: what a career you have your father's probably saying um (laughs) the bags are too small the announcer said uh they're going to create some drama however the situation quickly escalated as officials then turned to harbaugh and his teammates And their bags were also not following the rules. Now dubbed Baggate, the incident has sparked serious conversation amongst top players and watchers of the sport. Quote, I think it's funny that anybody believed it would be all friendships and rose petals forever in cornhole, wrote one person (laughs) in the Addicted to Cornhole Facebook group. My friends, with what's going on in the world today.
1: Actually, you got to have an escape. Yeah, I was going to say a diversion with what's going on in the world today isn't the worst thing. And this isn't the worst thing. But you're addicted. You're addicted. Of the the list of addictions you can have, and it's one. This is a
3: pretty good one.
1: This is a fairly harmless one.
3: You know what, Max? You're exactly right. Cocaine, cornhole. Cocaine, cornhole. You're you're exactly right. So anyway, they're they're looking at this. Uh, the players are taking it very seriously, as uh, the cornhole, you know, community <laughs> community is, and uh, they're just going to be very cautious now how they handle their bags.
2: Um. So <laughs> this is how you actually know that um, a sport is making it to the big time when you start having cheating scandals. Yeah. That's one way to look at this. You know, the other way to look at it is go, I'll be damned. Cornhole just got cornhole, but I think that this is a sign that it's going big time.
3: You know what some of the other cheaters are doing? Some of the other cheaters are washing their bags with vinegar or boiling them to make them slicker.
5: Mm hmm.
3: Some of the people are flattening their bags by driving over them before they go in.
5: Mm -hmm.
3: They're doing everything they can. And here's why. Some of these players in the cornhole community are making a quarter of a million dollars a year tossing bags of corn.
2: It's a big big thing.
3: (laughs) This is Bob and Sherry.
2: Who doesn't enjoy a little scandal, intrigue, and salaciousness? i know i do restless shores a podcast soap opera that will scratch your itch grab a cup or glass of your favorite beverage and take a break from your day to day after all what other podcast drama has more clones and psychics than
5: necessary
0: find restless shores wherever you get your podcasts
2: Hey, it's Sherry here. Just saying a giant thank you to everyone who reaches out and contacts the show. We try to read every email, every DM, every text. We do miss some. Um, and I apologize for that. If you would like to be on the show or if something really wild has happened in your life and you'd like to be on the podcast you can reach us at hello at B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I. Hello at BobandSherry.com. That's usually the most direct way, but however you reach out, thank you, and thank you for listening.
4: Hi, I'm Dr. Kim, the parentologist. As a wife, mom, therapist, and all-around juggler like most of you, I lead a hectic life, and sometimes that means indulging in foods on the go that my stomach doesn't always agree with. Thankfully, Pepto-Bismol provides me fast and effective relief for all kinds of upset stomachs. Having a little too many guilty pleasures at a family barbecue or birthday celebration may lead to indigestion or heartburn, so I always keep Pepto on hand to get fast relief when I need it the most. Pepto-Bismol, use as directed and keep out of reach of children.
2: Hey, Bob and Sherry. Hey, Bob and Sherry. Hi, Bob and Sherry. You may not know that we have an app, although I feel like we constantly scream it at you all the time. If you go to Google Play or the Apple App Store, the Bob and Sherry app is absolutely free, and it does all sorts of cool stuff. You can listen to our podcast and our oddcast that way. You can talk back to the show. You can text to win all sorts of neat stuff. It's just a cool thing, and it's absolutely free. It's the Bob and Sherry app in the App Store and free on Google Play. Thank you so much for listening to the
6: podcast. Instant access to the podcast, podcast fun size, and more With the free Bob and Sherry app
2: Time for Everyone Needs a Laugh Here is comic Shang Wang
7: Surprise! <laughs> Shang Wang is Chinese <laughs> <laughs> What's up everybody? Thank you so much for being here my name is Sheng Wang. Sometimes uh, when I tell people that, they're like, wow, that is perfect for pursuing stand-up comedy. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but first I was trying to pursue childhood. <laughs> you know, it's tough when kids call you names. It's always worse when they just use your name. <laughs> Even recently, I was making a reservation for this hotel in Arkansas. I gave the guy information, it was all good. I told him my name, was Shane Wayne. He said, that's funny. You don't sound like that. I was like, my bad. I'm sorry if I don't meet your racist expectations. I'm sorry if I don't sound like a complete stereotype, Arkansas. You, on the other hand, doing a really good job. We're getting to this age where I find myself comforting friends, because they're starting to trip about losing their turf up top. I'm a positive person. To me, going bald is not about hair loss. It's about face gain. It's not a receding hairline. It's an advancing facial frontier. (laughs) It's exciting. One day, one day this will be my forehead. (laughs) Yeah, one day I'll have a whole head of face. (laughs) Most people have facial expressions right here. Imagine utilizing all this. That's a bigger canvas. Convey more emotions. Mostly sorrow. (laughs) If you can show me a man with a comb over, I can show you a man who thinks that by crushing a bag of chips, you make more chips. (laughs) Trying to be healthier these days, Eat, Eat more fruits and vegetables. And, uh, I ate a a pomegranate. You guys ever had a pomegranate? That is a a magical fruit. It's like juice corn. It's like God got stoned one day and he was like, you know what? I'm going to put some fruit juice inside these kernels. Let's do that. But I'm not going to put it on the cob. I'm going to shove it up this fat, dirty radish. I was, was hanging at my buddy's house, right? And my friend hands me a hard-boiled egg as a snack. <laughs> but because it was sitting in the fridge overnight with all these leftovers, the egg smelled like fried chicken. <laughs> but he didn't tell me what happened, right? He got, I got the egg, I, I was all confused. I was like, yo, yo, this egg, this egg is an old soul. Clearly way ahead of his time. It's not even hatched out. It smells like a full-grown two-piece combo.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's Wang. comic that had to be. That had to be tough growing up in school. That had to be a tough Shane name. Wang. I admire him.
2: Well, he became a stand-up comedian, so that should tell you something right, right there. We'll right. post that set up at B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. we got the People's Movie Critic coming up it's Bob and
0: Sherry. It's the
1: Bob and Sherry off-air podcast called the Oddcast. Podcasting. Podcast. With stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, or shouldn't do on the regular show. Spooky season's not over quite yet. Listen to the current Oddcast where one of our listeners experienced a haunting in an old castle with pictures that are on our Facebook page. The Bob and Sherry off-air podcast. The Oddcast.
0: We got a big podcast to do here.
1: Get it now on the free Bob and Sherry app, BobandSherry.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: Leave us a talk back, talk back with the free Bob and Sherry app.
3: You know that I'm not the kind of guy that plays practical jokes on people, even my wife, you know. I just it's just not me, but I so want this new product product that's coming out I think in March of next year. I want to get it just to see people's reaction. It is called the Moonwalker and it is uh, being touted as the world's fastest shoes it's powered by a 300 watt electric motor and it can go at 7 miles an hour which is four times the average strolling speed it's, I've seen
2: um, these and I want you them have? too Yes it, I want these too they're like they're like roller skates but not like remember right. the um the shoes that had the skates built the roller wheels built in
3: yeah, Imagine
2: yeah. that, but the whole shoe is wheels with a motor. I definitely want to try these.
3: Critics have sneered that it looks like uh, strap-on skates that uh, Sonic the Hedgehog wears,
5: yeah, and they're it twelve
3: twelve hundred dollars a pair when they're rolled out in March. But you were going <laughs> you're going seven miles an hour. You wouldn't really. Are you just rolling? I can't figure that out. Are you just rolling or are you actually moving your feet too, but you're going at a higher pace?
2: I think it's maybe like the electric bike where you have the option to do both. You can coast, but you yeah. can also pedal. I think yeah. this. I mean, if you put these shoes on and just hit the button, please just get in your car. Okay. <laughs> do everybody. I know, favor I know. And just go in your car. I think these are <laughs> I think these are kind of like that electric bike. And that price will come down right now. They're $1,200, but if they take off, you know, they'll get cheaper.
3: Do you think you hold something in your hand where you can just turn it off? Cause like, you know, if all of a sudden you, there's a manhole that's open or something, you know, I don't know. I, I, I would want to control that pretty You easily. know, I've,
2: I've looked at videos of these shoes. I've read the oh, stories about them and it never yeah. once occurred to me to wonder what to do if a manhole appeared in front of me. And here's why. Because I'm not living in an episode of Looney Tunes.
3: Like. I know, you know, guilty. You know, it's it's like, like I, it's like quicksand. Yeah, I also,
2: yeah, like I also didn't consider like what happens if I'm if I'm cruising along and suddenly I'm at the edge of a cliff. Yeah. Do I do I go ahead and go off the cliff? No, no, I'd never worried.
3: About I got it. Well, I know I don't live near cliffs, and I. To be honest with you, except in New York, I've never seen an open manhole. Um, but you know that open manhole thing—that is—that is part of your childhood thing, like with quicksand, right? You're always, you, you always worried <laughs> about
2: quicksand, anvils yeah. falling out of the sky, <laughs>
3: yeah,
2: <right>. cliffs <clears throat> appearing abruptly, open manhole covers. Yeah, these are all the kinds of. These are the hazards that we were trained to avoid. Meanwhile, all of us have terrible credit and we owe all kinds of money to everybody because we weren't taught about any of that, right?
3: Yeah. Um, the other thing that I thought that was really interesting is what's going to be happening in the next few months. As you know, winter is slowly closing in and it's arrived in some places more uh earlier than others, but here is what's predicted to happen to us over the next few months. When clocks go back. We're in danger of becoming couch potatoes again. Lounging on sofas as much as six hours a day. We can also expect to eat 63 takeouts and 84 bags of potato chips in the next 21 weeks we will consume 735 hours of TV knock back 63 glasses of wine which I feel is moderate and about the same amount of beer on average we will spend 882 hours on the sofa over the winter
2: that, isn't that what we do every winter? Like, are you saying that this is new? Because I feel like this is what we do in the winter time.
3: That just seems like an awful lot of, I mean, 835 hours of lying around. I think we would learned this with the uh, pandemic. That's got to be higher than what it used to.
5: I
2: think it depends where you live. Like if you live in a place where winter settles in around Halloween and hangs on till Easter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're going to lay how many hours? 800 hours?
3: And 35. Yeah.
2: 835 hours. I mean, if you think about it, that's that's that would just get you through Netflix. Basically.
3: Speaking of Netflix,
2: surprised as you are. Sorry.
3: Speaking of Netflix, I saw Mary and I watched this thing on Netflix. It was a documentary. I forget the guy's name, and he was um, revered as the greatest pizza maker in the world. The name of the series was Pizza, and it followed this guy who decided he had very little education, and he decided to become the greatest pizza maker who ever lived. And and um, food critics. Surged to his restaurant. People were in line seven hours. This guy would go out to the fields and get the uh, get the flour uh, from certain growers who would grow the, uh, the the flour for pizza that he would toss. He'd then go to a tomato area. He'd then go to a uh, place that grew peppers and so on. And people lined up for seven hours. Where do you think the city was that he created the greatest pizza that the world has ever seen?
2: Is it in the United States?
3: It is. Is it in Connecticut? No.
2: Is it in Iowa?
3: Or New York. No. It is in Arizona. Wow. Phoenix, Arizona. And um, they, you know, you always say it's a desert. But as you know, I mean, Yuma, they grow, they have vegetable celebrations in Yuma. And that's where it was. Look for it on Netflix. It's called Pizza. And it is, it's, it's like a series of uh, documentaries about the greatest pizzas around the world. You will be so hungry after you watch that. I highly recommend it. All righty, folks, stay right there. He's coming your way. The People's Movie Critic Lamar is straight ahead. It's Bob and Sherry.
6: The new and improved Bob and Sherry website. Just go to BobandSherry.com. People's Movie Critic
2: time. Lamar joins us now to review George Clooney and Julia Robertson. Ticket to Paradise. Hey, Lamar.
0: Hey, you know, if I was going to make a no-risk movie, I would find two actors that have been around for a while that everybody loves... It would really help if they had been in some movies together and and they they were both just absolutely gorgeous. Then I would stick them in an amazing location and I would have them be bitter enemies the first half of the movie and, of course, be madly in love before the credits roll. This would be the movie I would make. Ticket to Paradise. It stars Julia Roberts and George Clooney as divorced parents Georgia and David Cotton. He is an architect, very successful, of course, and she owns an art gallery. And they have a daughter, Lily, who's played by Caitlin Deaver, and she's graduating from law school. Well, Georgia and David both loathe the ground that the other one walks on. They despise each other. They cannot even stand to be in the same room together. In the opening of the movie, has David talking to a friend and Georgia relating to a friend how their proposal came about. And each perspective is the exact opposite of the other, as in David wow. saying, well, her parents thought she was too young. Well, Georgia's memory is they thought he wasn't good enough for me. And, and it goes on. And then and the chemistry of them bickering one liners back and forth. It is so entertaining. Their timing is impeccable. It, it, it's awesome. And for graduation, they send Lily and her roommate, Wren, who's played by Billy Lord, to Ballet. And there she meets an island boy named Gaudet, and he's played by Maxine Boudier, And they fall madly in love, and she decides to skip out on being a lawyer, marry Gaudet, and farm seaweed for the rest of her life in this island situation. Now, Mm -hmm. although George and David hate each other, the one thing they agree on is they have to stop Lily from throwing her future away by stopping this marriage. So they're going to accomplish this by Trojan horsing Lily, which means they're going to be acting like they're all in for the marriage, but at the same time, they're secretly trying to sabotage the whole thing. And as an added side story, Georgia has a much younger boyfriend named Paul, and he's played by Lucas Bravo, and he happens to be this handsome airline pilot. He shows up for a, you know, some, uh, like I say, it's a side story. But the movie's an hour and 44 minutes. It's rated PG-13, just like all good little romantic comedies are. And let's be honest. You're not watching this because it's going to be life-changing. You're not looking for this complicated emotional plot. You will not be talking about this movie in three weeks, okay? But you watch this to see two beautiful people that have enough talent and a shared chemistry to entertain you against this breathtaking backdrop. Now, it did seem like Clooney and Roberts were trying to sort of downplay their Hollywood good looks. Julia Roberts, for some reason, spends most of the movie in jumpsuits that honestly look like a mechanic wearing an oversized coveralls. I-, I couldn't figure it out. <laughs> but when she puts on clothes that actually fit and she laughs that huge laugh, you're reminded just how glamorous she really is. Now, Clooney, he did his best to tone it down. But, you know, let's be honest. He can put on a burlap sack and crawl through a sewer. But once he gets out and twinkles his eyes and cocks that head like he don't understand, he's still the most handsomest, charming man on the <laughs> planet. I mean, you can't stop yeah. it. But I'll be honest.
3: Let me jump in before you give the rating. Uh, Mary and I were looking. I wanted to go to see this when it just opened. And she said, I don't want to see it. And I said, why? The, the two of them are friends in real life. I bet the timing is great. She said, that's why I don't want to go. She said, I already know that it's going to be the two of them, and they're going to be, uh, they're going to hate each other for a while, then they're going to love each other at the end, and the two of them are just going to have one-liners going back and forth and back and forth, and she said, I already know what that's all about. I said, I understand that, but I'm guessing this is a throwback to, like, the 1960s Rock Hudson movies, yes! you know, with Doris Day. It's yes. always beautiful. It's in New York or in L.A., and now it's in, you know, the South Pacific, and so it's gorgeous background so you love that two beautiful people and you got a smile on your face and like you said you know 20 minutes later you're having dinner and you forgot what it was all about
0: yeah well listen it's totally worth your time and money just to see Clooney and Roberts dancing to House of Pains jump around I mean it's (laughs) awesome and yes the movie is totally predictable but just like the Holiday Inn the best surprise is no surprise my score is four cold, refreshing Budweiser. Ooh. Wow. Woo! Good. Four. Yeah. All
3: right. That's we have more person. of the
2: People's yeah. Movie Critic ahead.
3: We do. Ladies and gentlemen, it's almost holiday season. I guess it is holiday season. And you know what that means? In your town, it means a holiday parade. Yes, <laughs> when he was a young man in high school who was in a holiday parade wearing a onesie?
2: Oh, beyond a onesie
3: and on a a unicycle.
2: And we've got the photo and you're going to die. It's It's next. It's next.
3: It's Bob and
1: Sherry. The Bob and Sherry store is restocked with the book Cooking with Cats. Sherry Lynch's cookbook with great recipes and pictures, of course, of lots of cats. He's a man's man. And now available, The Book of Bob. That makes me so happy. Sherry has written down Bob's proclamations and witticisms over the years. Really?
5: <laughs>
1: and now in book form. I'm fabulous. But it's not available any place but at The Bob and Sherry store. I am sorry for living. It Bob and Sherry.com.
6: Leave us a talk back. talk back with the free Bob and Sherry app.
3: I am looking at a picture of a teenage Lamar, and I have to tell you, if I had this, I would blow it up poster size. I would put it in the entryway of my home so people knew who they were visiting. I love this photograph of you in a Christmas parade. How do you describe this, Sherry? Describe it for well, us.
2: Lamar is dressed as a clown, but with no clown face makeup. He's dressed like in a John Wayne Gacy clown suit with um st- with uh, stripy socks from back in the day and the classic Adidas shell toes that you would die to have right now. He has a mustache because apparently puberty hit the people's movie critic like a Mack truck. He's on the unicycle. You see the parade crowd watching him from behind. And the look on his face is that of a pure show business professional. We are posting this right now on the Bob and Sherry Facebook. This is one of the greatest things I've ever seen.
3: Lamar, I just love it. And let, let, me, let me expand upon the outfit. It, it's a onesie. It's a clown onesie. It's pure white and then you see the Adidas sneakers, and as Max pointed out, with athletic socks, because your your leg went up a little bit. And he Where did the you hat get it? the hat that he's wearing is like a white version of the handmaiden's tail. It's it's <laughs> looks like the handmaiden's tail hat. And I'm looking at the people, and the people behind him, like there's a family that's looking at it, and there's a 10-year-old kid with his arms crossed going, I don't know if I'm really that impressed by what he's doing. I mean, he's, he's not giving you any love whatsoever. And you're on a freaking unicycle. Yeah. I, I thought so that you're being a puppeteer at the age of 10 <laughs> was was fantastic. This is too much. Listen, Wait, listen I want listen. everyone to see this amazing picture and and the, and the look on your face. Are you trying to really work the crowd? No, you've got a serious look on your face like, yeah, take it in. Take look, it
0: in. all that look says is this is an everyday thing for me riding a unicycle in yeah. a clown suit. This yeah. is just this, this is like a Friday morning. This is all this is. It's Friday morning. This is what we're doing.
3: How proud listen, were listen, your family in the uh, in the audience to see my road? Their-
0: my road to the entertainment industry has had many different forks in the road. I've traveled <laughs> oh, many highways oh, yeah. to try to get oh, to yeah. the entertainment industry. Yeah. I would have put this together with my ventriloquist dummy, Willie Talk. But those of you who do not ride a unicycle, you need both arms to maintain your balance. So Willie right. Talk could not, that, right. it, was, it was too much going on. It was too much going on. I'm I just, just glad that your road to show this,
3: business yeah. didn't have a lot of uh, potholes because you would have fallen off that unicycle <laughs> if you hit one too many. Oh my God. Lamar. Where, where, was, your family, was your family watching as, as they saw, you know, their son and I, brother.
0: And my mom ma- my mom was there. I- anytime in December, my dad was drunk, so that that there wasn't happened there. Yeah. But my mom was there, but for her, well, she gave me the unicycle as a joke. She gave me as a yeah. unicycle as a joke because I would never yeah. be able to ride it. But I was able to ride it, and it Heck put me yeah. in the Christmas parade. Because my boss, my boss that worked for a Tasco is a like a hardware store. My boss said, you know, the Christmas parade, we need to have a float. I said, no, you don't need a float. You need a personality in the Christmas parade. <laughs> Can I ask <laughs> you about
1: this gift? So, you, you guys, you know, you had meager means. Instead of buying you a gift that you would like, she bought you something that she thought you couldn't ride and gave it to you anyhow as a no, joke?
0: But, but what she gave me was a portal into the entertainment (laughs) industry. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Not everybody can ride a unicycle with a clown suit. You know what else (laughs) it was?
3: You know what else it was? It was like the Johnny Cash song, A Boy Named Sue, where the guy (laughs) names his son Sue because you have to be tough and and defend yourself if your name is Sue. She gave you that unicycle to see if you really were right for (laughs) show business, my friend.
0: I've got proofs in the picture. The proof is in the picture. That's exactly right. That's a right.
3: poster. That, folks, you got to go and see this at bobandcherry. Oh my goodness, that is means- it's on our Facebook. It's on, on the Facebook? Bob and Cherry
2: Facebook. Yeah. Okay, go to the yeah. Bob
3: and Cherry Facebook. That's oh amazing,
2: Lamar. Four buds for ticket to paradise. People, the yes. critics said you'll you won't think about it after the movie's over, but you'll enjoy it while it's happening. Exactly. It is Bob and Sherry.
4: From sleep training to sex tips. If you have questions, I have answers. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Kim, your confidant and host of the Parentologist podcast. Each week on the show, we dig into relevant topics related to everything parenting, marriage, current events, and mental health you'll feel like you're in the room and part of the conversation. So please join me and get your weekly dose of expert-level advice and resources from me and my guests in a relatable, easy-to-digest way. Listen to The Parentologist Podcast now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Oh, well, this is odd. I decidedly odd. It's the Bob and Sherry off-air podcast called The Oddcast, with stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, or shouldn't do on the regular show. The Oddcast drops every Monday and Wednesday on the Bob and Sherry website and the free Bob and Sherry app.
5: I listen to you on the way to work and the Oddcast on the way home from work every
1: day. Aren't you sweet? Thank you. The off-air Bob and Sherry podcast called The Oddcast. Download it now at BobandSherry.com with the free Bob and Sherry app or wherever you get your podcasts. Ways to get in touch with the Bob and Sherry Show. Stick your hat out a window and yell, Hey, Bob and Sherry. Hey, Bob and Sherry. Get the Bob and Sherry free app for your phone and leave us a talk back message. Hey, Bob and Sherry. Email us through the Bob and Sherry website, Bob and or email us hello at Bob and Sherry.com. Or you can call us at 833 4244 Bob or 844 52 Sherry. Hello, Bob and Sherry. Leave us a DM on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page, or you can just kick it old school and yell out the window.
0: Hey! Bob and Cher!
1: Oh, well, this is odd. How decidedly odd. It's the Bob and Sherry off-air podcast called The Oddcast, with stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, or shouldn't do on the regular show. The Oddcast drops every Monday and Wednesday on the Bob and Sherry website and the free Bob and Sherry app.
2: I listen to you on the way to work and the Oddcast on the way home from work every day. I love
1: Aren't it. you sweet? Thank you. The off-air Bob and Sherry podcast called The Oddcast. Download it now at BobandSherry.com with the free Bob and Sherry app or wherever you get your podcasts. Ways to get in touch with the Bob and Sherry Show. Stick your hat out a window and yell, Hey, Bob and Sherry. Hey, Bob and Sherry! Get the Bob and Sherry free app for your phone and leave us a talk back message. Hey, Bob and Sherry. Email us through the Bob and Sherry website, BobandSherry.com, or email us hello at Sherry.com. Or you can call us at 833-4244-BOB or 844-52-Sherry. Hello, Bob and Sherry. Leave us a DM on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. Or you can just kick it old school. And yell out the window. Hey, Bob and Cherry!
6: It's the stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, shouldn't do on the regular show. The podcast, podcast on the free Bob and Cherry app. Well, if you
2: don't want to go see Ticket to Paradise, which the People's Movie Critic just reviewed, maybe you want to watch the Weird Al Yankovic story, which drops today on Roku. I double, 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 triple checked, and I think right now Roku is the only platform that it's going to stream on. It'll probably mm-hmm. go wider after a bit. How many more can you subscribe to? I, I don't know about you guys. I have Amazon, Netflix, Hulu, and HBO Max. That's four. That's that I got like I got Roku.
3: It is a lot. I got Roku originally, and then um after about 15 minutes, I couldn't understand it. And so uh I I just had nothing to do with it. And then all the others came on and they seemingly were easier for me to deal with. So Roku is 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 like an 8 track to me. So no, I'm not having a Roku.
2: I just, I can't, I am I have banned myself from getting another streaming service, but I know this is going to, I know this is going to go someplace else soon. So Daniel Radcliffe, who plays Weird Al Yankovic, was on The Tonight Show a couple nights ago, and we have a clip.
8: What's it like playing Weird Al in front of... Al Because I'm assuming He was on set Yes he was He was there every day Um, I think it was honestly Stranger for him Than me um, Just because we are Acting out this Like bizarro World version Of parts of his life Um, And also A weird thing happened It's impossible I use the word weird So much I know I thought about that By the way I thought about that When talking about this I'm like is it weird to see weird no, Al? Like, oh. It's our only option. Yes, um, it is. But I need um, another option for the word weird. But so we call, like, I, there's the thing happens on film sets, which you know where you get called by your character name a lot. So on set, I was referred to over the Walkie talking stuff as Weird Al. And then they needed something else to call the Weird Al. So he ended up being Real Al, which, after having crafted a persona for like forty years, is probably really annoying to be stripped of it on your first day. Yes, on you're like I worked my whole life yeah, to be, be
1: Weird Al, yeah. now I'm Not real, anymore. real Al yeah. Yankovic. I'm Weird
8: Al now. Yeah. Now
1: you're Weird Al. He's <laughs> yeah.
8: real Al. Did he ever pull you aside and go, "Hey, I wouldn't do it that way. I, I acted this way." Um, the, as you know, like the version of Al that I'm playing in the film is so, uh, it's at times like the real Al, but it's at times so far from that that that, that wasn't really concern His main, the thing he cared about the most, I think, even in a insane version of a biopic, was that he not looked terrible at playing the instrument that he is famous for playing. And so most of his notes were accordion-based. Most of them were particularly about how much I am, I am pumping the bellows. I was not pumping enough, and so uh, many of the notes were just him being, because you know, which is fair enough. You don't want to look crap at playing the thing you're famous for being good at yeah yeah yeah
7: and it's actually it's it's not you singing in the movie it's al's voice yes that absolutely. you hear in the movie that yeah. was a choice that you
8: made you go, yeah we wanted the one of the many sort of uh, musical biopic tropes we wanted to uh, take the piss out of was the clearly a different voice coming out of the actor's <laughs> head um so that's why that's what well, i sang along on set but no it's all Al in e- evan rachel wood plays madonna in right. this by the way she's Phenomenal. Spectacular. Like, phenomenal. Yeah. She's so funny. Uh, and uh, she can sing in real life. Yes, yeah, she can. <laughs> She's <laughs> um, singing our show. And- yes, I, I know. Yeah, well, so uh, the day after we finished shooting, uh, we had like a very small rap party at a karaoke place. And uh, Evan got up and sang, and me and the director were just looking at each other like, w- why haven't we got her to sing in the movie? This is, this is the stupidest thing that we... Because she is... I mean I can like <laughs> sing She can sing, sing. Like, She's uh, fantastic oh, doing karaoke is truly a, a thing to behold uh, Yeah. Uh, before we show a clip Is there anything you want to say to set up the movie? Um, yeah Just that it's the uh, 100% Historically accurate and unassailably True story of the life of Weird Al Yankovic <laughs> <laughs> Yeah <laughs> I want to show everyone a clip Here's Daniel Radcliffe in Weird The
7: Al Yankovic story Take a look at this Al?
2: Interview Jimmy Fallon asked Jimmy Fallon asked Daniel Radcliffe if it's weird to see so many kids trick-or-treating on Halloween dressed up as Harry Potter. And he said that he loves it actually and that his friends and people who know him send pictures of their kids and kids who come to the door dressed as Harry Potter. He thinks it's adorable. You never think about that, right? That the childhood version of you is somebody else's Halloween costume.
3: Wouldn't Just it be freaky thing. if he if he uh, opened his own door to trick or treaters <laughs> and dressed and Harry in Potter. character? Would that not be freaky? That's going to. I I don't know if it's going to be a good movie, but it's one I agree with you, Sherry. I want to see that too. Weird Al was I'm, wonderful on our show, and we always uh, wish luck to anybody who is nice to us. I right, tell you more One, weird one weird little Al. thing
1: about it: Weird yeah. Al was interviewed on Jimmy Fallon after yeah. that, and he said this whole business with Madonna being a big part of the movie. He only met her backstage in 1985, and they talked for about 30 seconds. That's his only real and connection. That's it. To Madonna.
3: that's it. But he yeah. made this a big part of the movie. But you know, when Madonna was on our show, she said, "You haven't really made it until Weird Al has done you." It's true, and she's it's and him. she's right. But not speaking that way. Of, no, no, not that way. Although. Um, Speaking of which, we have more Weird Al coming up, don't we, Sherry?
2: Yep, gonna take you down the rabbit hole with the man himself. It's Bob and Sherry.
1: It's the Bob and Sherry Off-Air Podcast called The Oddcast.
3: Podcasting.
1: Podcast. With stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, or shouldn't do on the regular show. Spooky season's not over quite yet. Listen to the current Oddcast, where one of our listeners experienced a haunting in an old castle with pictures that are on our Facebook page. The Bob and Sherry Off-Air Podcast. The Oddcast.
0: We got a Big podcast to do here.
1: Get it now on the free Bob and Sherry app, Bob or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Bob and Sherry, go. And just before we do with Weird Al, we we're just talking a moment ago about Daniel Radcliffe's appearance on The Tonight Show because he is playing Weird Al in a brand new movie called Weird. Were you a little bit surprised and be honest that an actor of Daniel Radcliffe's ilk? decided to take on the role of Weird Al Yankovic. I the I was only... surprised and impressed by Daniel, who could, you know, really take any role that he wants on. He's a great actor, both on stage and in movies. And of course, it was Harry Potter. He can do whatever he wants. This is not going to be a big, big movie. And he decided to do it.
2: The only reason I wasn't surprised is because everything Daniel Radcliffe has chosen after Harry Potter... Is so quirky and unexpected i mean he did a movie mm-hmm. a couple years ago he played a corpse a flatulent yeah. talking corpse for the movie so he's he is living he's made all the money he's ever going to need to make he right. has nothing to prove to anyone including himself and he's just living his life and you, you gotta is. love it
4: i mean it's he rare is. to
2: see a child actor come through that well right. all right down the rabbit hole in honor of the movie premiering today on roku here's weird al ow
3: originally James Brown
5: all
8: I do is run groan. hurts me to walk anywhere went to see my physician Dr Jones he took my trousers off told me to cough Play tennis, and it's hard to bowl. Woo! You can't even
4: do the splits now. Say better, call it quits now. I'm sick of all this dancing. Anyhow,
5: living the <laughs> Virginia hurts me bad in a tender location. Live with a hernia Wait a minute You may not be familiar with the common types of hernias that you could get in.
3: It's my favorite weird out. I mean, if you know the James Brown song living in America, you know
1: James Brown, he's always going, ow! It's just it so works here. It's it
2: so really perfect. works. Yeah. We'll get that, we'll get that weird out posted up on the Bob and Cherry Facebook. And if you have Roku, you can watch the movie now. It's streaming right now, straight ahead. There is a reason why some people go nuts on airplanes. It's amazing. Can't believe we didn't know this sooner. If you're flying somewhere, listen up. It's next. Bob and Cherry.
1: You read it once. I don't believe that. And then you read it again. I can't believe this. It's Bob and Sherry's. I not believe this. Can this is- I cannot believe this.
2: I am so excited to tell you what I'm about to tell you. You yeah. know how um, lately people are just psycho on airplanes and we've all been like, why? Why all of a sudden are people so nuts on planes? Right. What's the reason for it? Mm-hmm. Well, there's a there's a physical reason. Not just for air rage, but you know Mm how sometimes you'll be watching a movie on a plane and you'll get all emotional. Like I made the mistake of watching my dog Skip on a flight from Uh. uh, Los Angeles to Philadelphia. That's a long flight. And the um, the airline had the movie in their selection. And I'd seen the other ones and thought, oh, I like dogs. Oh my God, I was, I thought I was going to be zip tied and taken off the plane. I was beside (laughs) myself, but it's true that like, even now I'll be on a flight and I'll be listening to something, an audible or a podcast or whatever. And I'll be like, Oh my God, that's so good. Why do we get emotional good and bad on planes? Why are we crazy? Why are we crying? Well, it's the impact of altitude on the human brain. Really, And here's what, yeah, so here's what happens. And sometimes it lingers for some people, even after they land, they still have um, mood changes and behavior changes. And here's the deal. When you are on the ground, if you're a healthy person, the oxygen saturation in your blood hovers somewhere between 97 and 99% at sea level. Okay. You get six to 8,000 feet above sea level, And that drops to 83 or 85%. Your commercial planes are traveling at what? 10,000, 15,000 feet? Mm -hmm. Think about it. Your Mm -hmm. central nervous system as human being is really sensitive to oxygen deprivation. And not enough oxygen starts making your neurons die. If you're young and you're healthy, you might not really notice this oxygen deprivation on the flight. But if you're not, you may find yourself experiencing physical and mental and behavioral changes in the plane. Like maybe this is why people go nuts and start throwing stuff. Plus, not just low oxygen, but the, air, the humidity on airplanes is really, really low. Human bodies like humidity in the 50 to 65% range. That's where our bodies are comfortable on an airplane. It's mm-hmm. 20% or lower which causes mild dehydration in some people, but in other people, it can cause cognitive impairment. So you've got lower humidity, that's a problem, and you've got lower air pressure, that's a problem, and you have lower oxygen in your blood, and that's a problem. And now, once you go ahead and have you an alcoholic beverage, it's like the perfect recipe for bursting into tears or punching the guy sitting next to you. And the shocking thing about it is, is that it doesn't happen more than it does. And one theory for that is, is that people no longer feel the need to curb their worst behavior. Like we all just feel like I'm entitled to be the biggest on this flight. Well, we don't all feel that way. That's what I want.
3: there, there's been in the last few years there's been a big uh, increase in that type of attitude uh, here's my question do the pilots get different sort of air feeds because I sure don't want them depressed
2: um, I think that's a good question <laughs> and
3: I don't yeah. have the answer to it uh.
2: I don't and this of course you know the the, um, the the low humidity and the lower oxygen it affects everybody differently. I read one time and I thought this was so interesting. I don't this I know this doesn't happen to you cuz you're really really tense on a plane. Right. But all that time that we're sitting on the plane, waiting, we're we're taxied, we're on the runway, we're waiting to take off. Mm-hmm. I always fall asleep during that. And as soon as the wheels go up, I wake up and then I'm like DEFCON 5 level alert for the rest of the mm-hmm. flight. I read one time that part of the reason people get sleepy during takeoff is because of the changes in cabin pressure. And that what that does to your human nervous system. I
3: wait, still think wait. there are some people that are just wired to. I, I mean, you've seen people that have fallen asleep before the tires even moved an inch. It's just they're they're ready to yeah, turn yeah. it off. They know what's coming, and they're able to do that. It, there's a certain chemical in their body that allows them to do it.
2: But all of us are vulnerable to these changes because we like to think we want we don't want to think of ourselves as animals. We don't want to remember that we're mammals, that we're basically talking meat. We don't. And you especially do not (laughs) want to be reminded that you are talking meat. That is what you are, Bob Lacey, talking meat in pants. That's (laughs) it. Right. So we don't want to focus on that because it makes us worry about our mortality and stuff.
3: So I, I we, am totally aware that I am talking meat because that w- w- with the old station, that's how I was treated. Is is talking meat going to make an appearance for us this weekend?
2: <laughs> did Your talking body did talking and meat brain and, and, are affected.
3: And talking meat too. Do they leave? Did the two talking meats leave already today? They leave off, Lero. No, I'm I'm aware. I was talking.
2: You are talking meat. So isn't that interesting? And it gives you something to think yeah. about the next time you fly and yeah. the next time you see one of these situations where people go nuts on the plane. There's almost always alcohol involved because alcohol is that magical ingredient that turns yep. everything else into chaos. We'll we into get this up else. on the Bob and Cherry Facebook page. It's Bob and Sherry.
1: It's the Bob and Sherry Off Air Podcast called The Oddcast. Podcasting. Podcast. With stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, or shouldn't do on the regular show. Spooky season's not over quite yet. Listen to the current podcast where one of our listeners experienced a haunting in an old castle with pictures that are on our Facebook page. The Bob and Sherry Off Air Podcast. The Oddcast.
0: We got a big podcast to do here.
1: Get it now on the free Bob and Sherry app, BobandSherry.com, or or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: The new and improved Bob and Sherry website. Just go to BobandSherry.com. i have
3: for you now some things that I found online that I would like to share with you. I don't know Lorette Grace, but she is on Facebook, and I took a shot of the shot that she took of her son contacting her. And it starts off with, Sorry, Mom. Called you by accident. And Lorette Grace says, That's okay. Had you by accident. <laughs> I love it. The the second, the second picture is this guy got an award for something. I don't know, employee of the month, salesman of the month or something. And it's uh, a little square plaque that I guess you'd put on your desk, not on the wall, on your desk. And he told them, I do not want any engraving. Just leave the metal plate blank. No engraving. And he received his his award, and on the uh, on the award it said, "I do not want any engraving; just leave the metal plate blank. No engraving <laughs> on, the, <laughs> on the award. Is that not great? You know that that's somebody who decided that they were going to do everything literally. Uh, the next one I also love." Um, there's a picture of sweet Maui onions, and I've, I've never had sweet Maui onions. Pota- they're potato chips, so it's it's the taste of sweet Maui onions, potato chips. And somebody posted, this sounds like something an old Southern lawyer exclaims when he's startled. Sweet Maui onions. <laughs> sweet Maui onions. That is exactly right.
2: I've never heard of sweet Maui onions. Is that like a local Hawaii thing? I mean, that's a pointless question. Disregard. Yeah.
3: I've had them. It sounds like a
2: Yosemite Sam kind of thing too. It
3: does. It it does. Oh, sweet Maui onions are famous in the island. I don't know if they ship them to the States. They're kind of like Valdosta. uh, What's the Valdosta, Georgia uh, onion that's so good? Vidalia? Vidalia. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Vidalia. That's right. Uh, the next one is from Jessica Valenti. And she said, whenever I get discouraged and I want to quit something, I remember the words of my then three-year-old after she puked carrots all over the living room floor. And she said, I'm going to need some more carrots. That is so <laughs> true. That is so true. How many times, man, you're just in that situation. 'I'm like, eh, I need some more carrots here. Somebody took a picture and posted, and I love this guy. I don't know where he got this T-shirt, but I think he is in Disney. And he is pushing a stroller, and the back of his T-shirt says, Most expensive day ever. <laughs> it is very true. I haven't been to Disney in a while, and I know it cost a fortune, but they are so nice to you there. So,
1: It's Bob and Cherry. At the Bob and Sherry Show, we love a good cat or day photo. And we want to post your kitty best friend on our Instagram. Just send us a photo of your furry friend or you and your furry friend and you could see them on our socials. Plus, you could pick up some great swag, including a surprise catnip toy from Dr. Pussum's and your very own Bob and Sherry photo frame. Just submit your pics to BobandSherry.com on the contest tab. Every day is Catterday from Dr. Pussums and Bob and Sherry. It is time now for the People's Movie Critic.
0: I'm assuming that the majority of people have Netflix, okay? Except, of course, our Amish listeners, Caleb and Obesta, who can't because they don't have electricity. <laughs> <laughs> they spend all their time baking shoe fly pie and playing Wink or whatever. I don't know. But anyway... <laughs> You know, you got to understand, if you're easily offended, this movie is not for you. Lars's terrible accent, though, you ask about that, it seems to come and go. And I'm not sure if that's on purpose, because that would be funny, or if he's just lazy and he wanted to get this thing over with. I know for a fact I did. I wanted to get this over with. You're
3: going to love this. Let me, let me ask you, though, is 11 minutes and 40 seconds worth of a fight scene a little tiring?
0: Not if you ain't the ones fighting.
5: <laughs> I think that's a fair point. Listen,
1: listen for his reviews every Friday and get all his
3: reviews at Bobandcherry.com. I don't know how many of you listening to us right now have ever had your picture in a newspaper or in, you know, maybe a local magazine. But, you know, it's unusual for most of us. And if you get in the newspaper or the magazine, you always want the shot to be great and you hope that uh, your friends are impressed by it. I remember I feel I'm looking at one right now out of a Toronto newspaper and I feel so sorry for this guy. I feel sorry because I know what pain is when you're pictured in a newspaper and you don't look so good. I think I mentioned it to Sherry once a long time ago. I was invited to go to a uh, country club holiday dinner by uh, a neighbor girl We were both 15, and she needed a date, and we were kind of friends, and I said, yeah, sure. And I got um, a tuxedo. Stupidly, I got a white dinner jacket tuxedo like James Bond would wear because I was really into James Bond, even though it was not the summer. And that was a very bad mistake because um, I had uh, complexion problems in my 15th year, and (laughs) nothing will illuminate a boy's pimples more than a bright white uh, tuxedo. And so, you know, I'm there, and and the other people were older. The other boys were older. They were like seniors in high school or they were in college. And for some reason, they were all members of this country club. And I don't know why, but country club children are all beautiful. It's like a rule. I I don't know. And I obviously was the runt. And all of a sudden, here comes a photographer from the New Haven Register. And I'm on the end of this table. The good-looking ones are all to my right. My date is across from me. And he takes a picture. He says, look over here. And I look. And it showed up on the front page of the New Haven Register's Society section. Because there's not that much going on in the Society of New Haven. And it's a pretty big picture. And I have uh, dark circles under my eyes, pimples, and kind of a... You know that look that I have sometimes when I'm young, Sherry? You've seen the pictures just kind of like... I'm sure you're exhausted,
2: hollow-eyed, taking,
3: taking this smug. picture of me. <laughs> yes. And smug, right. <laughs> Horrifying. I got so much crap for that. My mother, though, it was the first time the family ever made it in any kind of a society situation. And till the day she died, she coveted that picture. I tried to throw it away, and she wouldn't let me throw it away. So I know what it's like to have that shot, and that's why I feel so bad for this guy. His name is um, Bence. Viola. And he does research into um, Neanderthal relationships. He's with uh, the University of Toronto. And so he posted this and he said, getting your picture taken for the newspaper, what could go wrong? And there's a picture of Bence with a big smile on his face, working on some kind of uh, project. And the headline in giant type right underneath his picture is rare snapshot of Neanderthal life.
2: you're telling me you're lying and it's
3: just there's nothing else but him he's got a pen in his hand yeah and there's some stuff i don't know what it is that he's studying some maps or something but it's just him with this with this smile on his face that's so benign and this is probably the only time he's gonna ever get his picture in the newspaper and it's Rare snapshot of Neanderthal life.
2: If I were him, you know how you can, if you're ever in the news, newspaper or magazine, there are companies that will make plaques. I yeah, would have yeah, that made yeah. into a plaque and framed and hanging in my house. <laughs> yeah. Rare snapshot of Neanderthal life. That would be,
3: that'd be, you'd have to go that way. Yeah. you'd. Have, well, I mean, he's posting it. So obviously he's rolling it, but don't you know, everybody that he knew, who's re- still reading a newspaper and it was probably online too is calling him the next day going, "Whoa! It's Mr. Neanderthal. Am I talking to a Neanderthal?" Poor guy. Poor guy. But well, that's like
2: Well, right? poor You know, there's two ways to look at it. You could mm-hmm. say, "Oh my god, poor guy," or you could go, "How lucky is this dude?" Because this is iconic. He'll have this for the rest of his life. My Twitter, if I were him, my Twitter bio would be Neanderthal. <laughs>
5: Yeah, right. Exactly.
2: My profile picture would be the newspaper picture. I mean, this is the sort of thing, like especially now in the era of social media, this is the sort of thing that you hope happens to you. How old is the guy again?
3: He looked like he was in mid thirties.
2: Oh, he loves this. Are you very
3: professorial? You know, he's got he's got round glasses. Very professorial. I just
2: saw a headline. Um, like forty percent of us have Neanderthal DNA. Oh is that right? I'm 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 trying to remember even know what, what the means. exact That means that in early early in the early days of the human race there were mm-hmm. other hominids there were yeah. Homo sapiens and Neanderthals and um, right. Homo erectus you know some other and they cross they cross populated they made it and had children and it turns out that om- only Homo sapiens us survived into the modern age but those Centuries of um, mating with other humanoid species means that a big chunk of us carry their DNA.
3: Well, the one Neanderthal moment. made it to the University of Toronto. And yep. Evidently, used the. To- <laughs> This is doing pretty good with a good sense of humor. It's Bob and Sherry. Hey, you can upgrade
1: your mixology game with Venus Fizz House Virtual Mixology Classes. If you'd like to win a class for you and a friend, just go to BobandSherry.com. That's B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. And hit the contest tab. And hit the contest tab. And it's the perfect holiday gift. Venus Fizz House Virtual Mixology Classes with Bob and Sherry.
6: The Fun Size Podcast, a shareable taste of the show at our website or the free, free Bob and Cherry app.
2: One of our listeners, a guy named Matthew, sent me this story and he said, this is right up your alley. You and Bob are going to love this. And I don't know why this wasn't in my newsfeed Mm -hmm. um, when the story broke um, about a week and a half ago. This happened in California. So 30 years ago, a convertible Mercedes Benz was reported stolen. And it, it just never, they never found it. It didn't right. show up, you know, in a car lot, chop shop, bottom of a lake, anything. Mm-hmm. Well, three decades later, they found the car and it's buried somewhere between four and five feet deep in the backyard of a mansion. It was, it was put there before the current owners bought the house. So it's a $15 million home and mm-hmm. the car is buried in the backyard So it was stolen from Palo Alto in 92. Disappeared completely. Cadaver dogs alert it to possible human remains, but none have been found. What they found was the car. And it's filled with bags of concrete. And how was it discovered? Landscapers working on the property. This is a very, it's a $15 million house. So you can guess, this is a very affluent, wealthy neighborhood. Landscapers coming in to work on the property were trenching and digging and they hit metal and they went and got the homeowners and the homeowners were like, what? And the homeowners called the law dogs in and they have been able to excavate the passenger side. Mm -hmm. That was first. The car was, the car was buried. I remember I said it was a convertible. It was buried with the top down. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, first of all, if you're lucky enough to have a Mercedes convertible, Oh my God, the thought of putting it in the ground and filling it with dirt. Mm -hmm. Um, They found, like I said, um, tops down, so it's wide open, bags of concrete. There were more bags of concrete in the trunk. Um, Police dogs made a slight kind of notification, like, yeah, maybe something was here, but they haven't found anything yet. And it is a complete mystery except for this one fact. The house has new owners now, but the man who built it way back when had a history with the police. He had a history of attempted murder, insurance fraud, and he'd been arrested for murder multiple times. And now he's gone and the house is under new ownership and they just found this long stolen car filled with cement and police dogs alerting um, around it. What do you think? This story is.
3: Well, it's one of two things. He either committed the murder himself, had it uh, done, or somebody was um, getting back at him.
2: It's, well, it seems. What really else could it
3: be? I mean, the cement alone. I mean, you can, you know, I guess you could come up with some stories about why the car is, why is there a Mercedes convertible in a lake? I mean, things do happen, but with what are the, <laughs> weighted. What are down?
2: the odds that you're yeah. not going to notice somebody? burying a car in your backyard right if anybody did it it's it's him they um they are searching the dmv records to -hmm. confirm that the person they think owned the car who reported it stolen back in 90s um is no longer living the home has a pool and a tennis court and the guy that we're talking about is named johnny lou which completely (laughs) sounds like a gangster name it sure does johnny lou Um, His daughter told the uh, San Francisco Chronicle that her family lived at the property back in the 90s, which is when Mm -hmm. the police believe that the car got planted in the yard. Now, Johnny Lou died in 2015. So whatever they find in in this backyard, he's gone, right? In 1966, a jury found him guilty of murder. He got released from prison after his conviction got reversed. Hearsay evidence, blah, blah, blah. Then in 1977, he got convicted of a couple of of attempted murder. Then in the late 90s, he got arrested for insurance fraud after he hired some undercover cops to steal a million dollar yacht and wow. sink it out beyond the Golden Gate Bridge. I this mean, this guy, no yeah. this guy is like old school gangster. Yeah. And the mis- the mystery continues. Why steal the car and why dig up your backyard at your mansion and sink it five feet below the ground?
3: That is quite a mystery. Can I end this segment with something that sort of ties into it? I am looking at a real picture of a billboard, a real billboard. There's a guy in a suit with a nice smile on his face. He is Mr. Park of the Park injury law firm and he is saying on the billboard in large letters injured while searching for dead bodies at lake mead demand compensation it's-
2: you have got to be kidding that's the best
3: <laughs> it's so tongue and cheek i love it's it i love so amazing it's so bob cool. and
2: sherry
1: now let's open up the bob and sherry archive vault
2: let me just share how this
1: this week is going
2: so far. Um, my bonus daughter, Maggie, gets married on Saturday. That's going to be so fun. Um, and that's just a little little shindig that we put together for 240 people. Um, so we're watching the weather, and we're very excited about that. And a lot going on. Um, Kevin's had to learn his dance, his father-daughter dance, and they've been practicing, and There's just a million moving parts to a wedding, especially one that's an outdoor wedding, which this one is. And so, you know, we have to be really careful about all the details or is it going to be warm enough? Is it going to be dry? All that kind of stuff. So right in the middle of the last minute run up to this wedding, um, one of our cats dislocated his knee and has to have knee surgery. He's basically like an nfl player who's who's been benched for the season he's on the injured list. Mm-hmm. So the the cat surgeon um can't even see him for a consult until november 1st. And the vet said to us you'll need to keep him confined for 6 weeks after surgery and until they can do the surgery. So if you do the math, that's eight weeks so far that the cat is confined.
3: When you say confined, what do you mean?
2: Well, we went to the um, animal critter store Mm -hmm. and we bought the kind of gigantic crate that you would put like a Labrador or Labradoodle in. It's huge. Mm -hmm. And in the crate, we put a a litter box and Tiberius's bed and a bowl of water and a little bowl of dry food so he can snack. And Kevin and I carry this enormous crate From place to place so that Tiberius can be a part of the family and not be alone.
3: I was going to say, yeah. How's he adapting to that? So
2: in the daylight hours, Mm -hmm. we have him in the living room by the window and Mm -hmm. he enjoys the sun. And every now and again, we open the door and we put another pet in for visiting hours so that he can have company inside the crate. It's Mm -hmm. like prison. So now Tiberius is in pain and they gave us pain medication which um, that's a good time. I got to tell you, when you're met, when you're pilling your cat twice a day, that is a
3: good time. Oh, they love it.
2: That's a good time, and right. I'm, I'm glad. I think these scratches will heal by the wedding, <laughs> so that's all going good. The first night he's been in the crate now for like four days. The first night that he's in the crate, we give him his bedtime medicine, which makes him a little dopey, so he we know it's going to knock him out for a few hours. And Kevin and I pick up the crate and we haul it through the house. And it's heavy and big. We haul it through the house and we set it down so that he can be in the bedroom with us so he doesn't feel like he's been abandoned.
5: Mm -hmm.
2: In the middle of the night, he, he doesn't have a lot of fur and he's a very cuddly boy. And he's used to sleeping with his brothers. And this is the first time he's ever been like imprisoned and alone at night. In the middle of the night, he wakes up from his drug stupor and he begins the song of his people and i'm going to i'm going to tell you what it sounded like mm-hmm. it sounded like this yeah. No.
3: no yeah no no fortunately it's around halloween
2: so he's crying no over and over again Yeah, so- yeah I wake up in the middle of the night, and now it's 2 a.m., and I've got to get up in a couple hours to go to work, and I didn't get to bed till nearly midnight because we have so much wedding stuff going on. So I stagger out of bed, and I go to the little crate, and I said, buddy, you have a dislocated knee, and if I let you out of this crate, you're going to jump on things and climb on things, and you're just going to be in pain, and it's going to hurt worse. No! (laughs) (laughs)
3: It's frustrating, isn't it?
2: Um, but i he's such a good boy that after I calmed him down, he got back in his little bed and he went back to sleep and he didn't make another peep for can the rest you, of can the Can you night.
3: believe what we do in order no. to make pets happy? You're carrying him from room section to, to section in the house so he's not alone.
2: I, I kid you not, as a child, I was a sickly child. I was born allergic to cow's milk and Mm -hmm. had failure to thrive because they kept trying to feed it to me um i i was sickly for most of my childhood and my parents just would leave for days on end not i I might as well have been in a crate at least i would have been cared for right so i I agree with you like the idea the things that we do for our pets this is how sad it is we're at day four today day four of of the crate I let him out of his little crate this morning so he could stretch his legs and walk around a little bit and eat breakfast. And then he disappeared. And as I'm getting ready for work, Kevin said to me, where's Tiberius? We have to give him his medicine. So I'm looking for him. Tibbs, Tibbs. You know where I found him? Sitting outside the closed door to his crate with his little head hanging down.
3: He wanted to go back in?
2: Well, I think that his spirit has been defeated. Has been broken. It was, it was so was shaw- Send me back to it prison. It was so shaw-shank. Right. Here's what he. I looked at him, I said, Tibbs. And he goes, I can't make it on the outside anymore.
3: You know, once in a while, you hear those stories about guys who commit a minor yeah. crime to go back to prison.
2: Tibbs said, I thought I could hang in the big <laughs> world with the other animals, but I'm no good outside anymore. <laughs> Just lock me back up. That's all I deserve. I, I had. And I opened the door and he limped back into yeah, the yeah. little crate. It broke my heart.
1: At the Bob and Sherry Show, we love a good cat or day photo. And we want to post your kitty best friend on our Instagram. Just send us a photo of your furry friend or you and your furry friend and you could see them on our socials. Plus, you could pick up some great swag, including a surprise catnip toy from Dr. Pussum's and your very own Bob and Sherry photo frame. Just submit your pics to BobandSherry.com on the contest tab. Every day is Catterday from Dr. Pussums and Bob and Sherry.
6: Bring whatever you drink and celebrate happy hour. Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, live, live on
3: the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. A guy just posted online a sweat pledge, and I've never heard that term before. I've been doing this job with you for so long that I I have no idea what's going on in the uh, regular working world. But this was a sweat pledge that this guy's wife, had to sign before they would hire her. Would you like to hear some of the pledge?
5: Yeah. Okay.
3: The sweat pledge. Sweat pledge says, and uh, there's a place for you to print and sign your name and date it. And then the managers, the manager's signature below that. I believe that I have won the greatest lottery of all time. I am alive. I walk the earth. I live in America above all things. I am grateful. I believe that I am entitled to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Nothing more. I also understand that happiness and the pursuit of happiness are not the same thing. I believe there is no such thing as a bad job. I believe that all jobs are opportunities, and it's up to me to make the best of them. I do not follow my passion. I bring it with me. I believe that any job can be done with passion and enthusiasm, any job. I believe that my safety is my responsibility. I understand that being in compliance does not necessarily keep me out of danger. I believe the best way to distinguish myself at work is to show up early, stay late, and cheerfully volunteer for every crappy task there is. I believe that the most annoying sounds in the world are whining and complaining. I will never do that. If I am unhappy at work, I will either find a new job or find a way to be happy. I believe that my education is my responsibility and absolutely critical to my success. I am motivated to learn as much as I can from whatever source is available to me. I believe I am a product of my choices, not my circumstances. I will never blame anyone for my shortcomings and I will never accept credit for something I did not do. I understand that the world is not fair and I'm okay with that. I do not resent the success I believe that all people are created equal. I also believe that all people make choices. Some choose to be lazy. Some choose to sleep in. I choose to work my butt off. I believe that a cell phone is not a priority, and I could work my shift without using it. If I have kids, I remember when I used to call their work and ask for them by their full name, and they can do the same. Stay in your lane. And do your job to the best of your ability. Sign below. The sweat pledge.
2: Absolutely not. That's insane. What job? What kind of job is this? It doesn't say. It doesn't say You're what not it is. signing that. Don't even pretend oh, that you're Lord, signing
3: that. No. You know, some of the things I think I, are okay.
2: Are yeah, yeah. like
3: some it's not like a
2: lot of it isn't true or reasonable or a good idea but absolutely not
3: how about this one number five i believe that my safety is my responsibility i understand that being in compliance does not necessarily keep me out of danger i don't love what are you i don't love that either are 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 you the guy that's that's uh that's lowered into the uh rendering pit when something is broken, I mean, what is up with that?
2: I want you to imagine a world where um, we're in corporate radio and we're under new ownership yet again, and they bring this into the studio for Bob to sign.
1: <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, I don't
3: there's, see it. There's no way. But, you know, if I, were, if I were young, if I were young and just starting out in radio— and this is my first decent job, and I need the money, I probably would. I know I would.
2: We all would,
3: but I mean, I worked for some horrible people, especially, well, you know, most of my career. A lot of great ones, but a lot of horrible ones, especially early. And you just had to suck it up. Everybody listening, uh, most people listening right now have been in the same situation where you just, it's like you have no choice. You have to suck it up.
2: I the part the one that you read really is what jumped out at me. Safety and compliance, like that, exactly. that one
1: too, yeah. I, yeah. I feel
2: like it's not unreasonable if you have a job yeah. that involves some danger for, for your employer to have some safeguards in place. I don't <laughs> yes, know. Yes, you I have feel. to be on on your game and all that, but damn.
3: I don't know how I feel about number three, where they say, I believe there is no such thing as a bad job. I believe that all jobs are opportunities and it's up to me to make the best of them. Now, I, you know, I picked up dead rats in, in bar rooms, you know, to make, to make money in Providence, Rhode Island, but I am not going to say that was a good job. However, I will say I needed the money. And when you need the money, you got to pick up the dead rats, you know? Here's my thinking,
2: Bob. If my new job wants me to sign a piece of paper saying there's no such thing as a bad job, rut row, I think I just got one.
3: See what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And that's what jumped out at me too. Uh, Stay in your lane and do your job to the best of your ability. Mm, I don't think so. Bob and Cherry.
2: Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Bob and Cherry podcast and the Bob and Cherry podcast. We would love if you would subscribe, rate and review and share it with a friend on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you go. And thank you again for listening.